1: We have people
2: that come to this church, and they're wonderful people. I don't know too many of them, but there's a few. They really don't like coming on Saturday night because they don't feel like they've been to church unless they go on when? On Sunday. What did we just learn about those people? I shouldn't what? What's wrong with you old fuddy-duddies? Come on, get with it on Saturday night. It's a hopping place. No, I'm not supposed to what? Judge them. And they're not supposed to judge us. Why you young people like that Saturday night kind of stuff? It's got to be Sunday. That's when God's there.
0: What's your favorite day to go to church? Sunday? How about Saturday? Maybe Wednesday or Thursday works best for you. For the Israelites, it was Saturday, period. That's what God said, and the penalty for failing to comply was harsh, like death. So Pastor Mark, in his teaching today, we'll be talking about how Christ followers deal with this particular commandment. You'll hear about the idea of the Ten Commandments being concepts rather than simply laws to be obeyed, and you'll get a better idea of God's heart behind the laws. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he continues his message, A Day for God and Me.
2: me read you something psalms 23 verse 2 and 3 it says this he makes me lie down in green pastures beside quiet waters the shepherd says down rest why would he do that well the rest of the verse says this and then he restores my soul You see, the one out of seven restores us. We have to have that. Interesting, during the French Revolution, somebody came up with a brilliant idea, and they lengthened the seven-day work week, true story, to ten days. What did they discover? They discovered that this materialistic experience was so negative, even for the animals, they just had no energy. They had nothing. So they stopped it and went back to the seven-day. Hello? God didn't give us a 10-day work week. Now, the next thing you want to write, what does that mean? Rest and recharge, they should have known this, increases productivity. In other words, it makes you and I better workers in all senses of the word. And of course, it affects us physically and spiritually as well. Now, look at verse 8 again. You're right there. Remember, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So part of this day, for sure, wasn't just for my body, my mind, But it had to do with my relationship with God. Remember the first four commandments says, man's relationship with God. Holy simply means separated for God. So the next thing you want to write is this. We were created to reflect and refocus, which is a picture of worship, one out of seven. God gave us the principle of one out of seven To also rest this, not just physically, but spiritually. At the core of your being and my being is a spirit man, a spirit woman. And as we work for stuff six days a week, we can begin to forget God. And pretty soon we begin to think, I'm the one providing for all of this. I'm the one that can really live independent from God. God says, I don't want you ever to have that thought. So he says, I want to remind you to take a day off, simply to take a day off. And you're in relationship with me. And on that day off, I will provide you, if you obey me, I will provide you physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Now think about that in your life, in my life. David in the Psalms wrote it like this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So as we take time to reflect on God and his word, every fear is stilled. Every anxiety is quieted. That's because... On that day specifically, we acknowledge God as our source and our provider. When the Israelites would get up on that Sabbath day and the manna was fresh as it was the day before, they didn't work for it. It was there. It was God made it fresh that day. They were reminded as they ate it that they were very dependent on God you feel dependent on God? Well, I'll just work a little harder. No, we're supposed to be dependent on God. That's what God wants. Remember, trust is the foundation of our relationships. So as I take that time to reflect and refocus, I can relax because I know God told me to do it, and God's in charge. Everything is going to be all right. So just like... Some of the other principles we mentioned, this one's very important. Reflect and refocus increases our spiritual sensitivity. Our spiritual sensitivity. I'm able to focus more on God. I'm able to think more about life. As I spend time with my family, all kinds of things come back. Family's important. God's important. All kind of things will come back into focus because, let's face it, in the world, the 24-7 mentality is in front of us, isn't it? It's just there. It's very hard not to get caught up into that. So God says, no, come on back. I don't have time, but I'll give you a little clue as we move through some things. As time went by over history, the Jewish people, specifically the Jewish leaders, abused this day of rest and worship. In Jeremiah 17, listen to this. This is what the Lord said. Be careful not to carry a load, a load on the Sabbath day or bring it through the gates of Jerusalem. So what did the Jewish leaders do? Well, by the time Jesus came on the scene, They'd taken that verse, and the Sabbath, let's go back. What what was the definition of the Sabbath? To what? To rest, to kick back, to cease. By the time Jesus came, the Sabbath meant to work. All these rules. It had become horribly complicated. They had taken that verse here in Jeremiah, carrying a load, and all of a sudden, they came up with all these religious leaders, these do's and don'ts. The people lived in fear of ever breaking one of these far-reaching rules that just reached everywhere. They defined 39 characteristics that would say, that's work, that's work, that's work, that's work. Even if you go to Israel today, on the Sabbath, we have a Shabbat elevator. You can't push the button. It goes automatically because it's work. All the Gentiles go on the other one. They're pushing buttons. The Jewish people just sit there and ride up. Now, that's funny, but look what happened. Here's what they would define as work. Burning, carrying, writing, cooking, sewing, tearing, planting, building. Building, planting. Well, how much can I plant? And they would define it by rules, how much you could plan. In fact, when it came to this time, you remember that they said to Jesus, "You can't heal on the Sabbath because it's work. That which was meant to be rest, man had a way of making it work. So turn with me to Mark chapter two. What would Jesus do with it? Well, oh, there was lots of clashes: the Sabbath and Jesus. Mark, chapter 2, verse 27. Finally, Jesus clarified the whole principle. He gets sick and tired of it. Notice what he says. Then he said to them, verse 27, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What was he saying? He said, well, God made the Sabbath for man's good. It's not supposed to hinder man. It's supposed to be good for man. This one out of seven was to be a day of joy, opportunity to rest, to recharge, to refocus, to reflect. It was a gift from God to minister to humans and the needs of mankind, including all the physical part of man and for sure the spiritual part of man. Well then, Pastor Mark, if... Jesus kind of clarified it here, then what do we discover with the rest of the New Testament? What is the proper day for worship? Should it be on the Sabbath? Has the Sabbath day changed? And how do we keep the Sabbath? How do we make it holy? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's turn to Colossians chapter 2. You see, Paul would begin, in many places, to speak about this. Now remember who Paul was. Paul was an incredibly brilliant Jewish religious leader. He knew rules and regulations frontwards, backwards, sideways. He was raised in that whole mentality. He was changed by God. And so Paul knew what he was talking about. He knew the dangers that were there. And so in Colossians chapter 2, if you scoot down to verse 16, Paul would make this incredible statement. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. We'll come back to this part of this verse, but notice what it says. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. I want you to repeat these words with me. Do not judge others regarding their Sabbath. Okay, one more time. Do not judge others regarding their Sabbath. Why did Paul write that? Because people would make the Sabbath. They would make what you eat. They would make what you wear. I got my Sunday clothes on. You saw that, didn't you? And that would be a sign of holiness, Oh, you you worship on Sunday? Sorry for you. Oh, I love to worship on Saturday. See, you guys here on Saturday think we're covered. You're not covered. The sun has already gone down. You're on Sunday. You're all sinners in this church and in Vieira. Hold on, relax. It's okay. Pastor Mark, I thought you said don't judge. That's exactly right. You will have plenty of people that want to argue about it. What does Paul say? Paul says, there's no black and white here. This is up to you. Worship on whatever day you want. Enjoy it. But don't condemn other people. So what do we do in the church? We divide churches by who does this and who does that. Exactly what Paul said not to do. And while we're doing that, the world plummets to hell. I could have, I thought very much of doing this, but I knew it was too radical. I thought of coming up and saying this, the Sabbath means that we're to worship God 24 7, don't judge anybody, have a great week. Because that's where I'm going. See, we've made it so complicated. Paul says, don't do that. It's not only that. Some of you go out tonight, you, know, you go to one of the barbecue places. Maybe you got a Jewish background. You just love that pulled pork or whatever that you're going to have. Well, you can't do that. Paul says, oh yeah, you can. Eat what you like. So, remember, don't judge others in that area. Why? That's the danger of legalism. Now, why Sabbaths? If that's a commandment... How can I bypass that? Because the Sabbath is always Saturday. How can I bypass that? Well, here's why. In the Old Testament, the laws were broken up into, you remember, civil law, moral law, and ceremonial law. The Sabbath was different from the other nine commandments. The other nine commandments were moral. The other nine commandments are all repeated, In the New Testament many times. There are moral principles that don't change. But the Sabbath was a ceremonial law. And of course, with the ceremonial law, that really had nothing to do with the New Testament church. For instance, the ceremonial laws were designed to teach the Israelites about As you see in verse 17, the person, the nature, and the work of the coming Messiah. They were shadows of teaching. In other words, ceremony, the Passover the Passover lamb. You don't repeat that. It was a picture of Christ. Animal sacrifices, substitutionary atonement. And all of the rest of this goes along. It was ceremonial. It wasn't moral. Now, some people say, well, we keep the Sabbath. Well, then they better keep all the things in the Sabbath in the Old Testament. And by the way, if you break the Sabbath in the Old Testament, you were stoned to death. They don't know how to answer that. It doesn't work. So understand that the reason we don't have to Worry about the Sabbath is because it is not repeated in the New Testament. It is ceremonial. Christ freed us from the ceremony. That's freedom. How would you like to come and bring your animal for your sins? None of us would enjoy that at all. Watch the animal's throat being cut, the blood poured out for your sin this week. No, Christ did it once. We're free from it. So the moral ones, the other nine, yes, repeated. Ceremonial? No. So, in the New Testament, Christ's followers never were taught to keep the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, Saturday. Now, turn to Romans 14. Now, some of you are disobeying already. You know why? In your spirit, you're doing what? You're arguing. You're judging. Don't raise your hand. It's all right. Paul said, don't judge somebody else. And you're going to see the freedom that comes with that in a moment. And Romans 14... Go down to verse 5. By the way, here's Paul speaking again. Paul hated legalism. He hated it with a passion. But man likes rules. You know what? This whole chapter 14, I call the gray chapter. Paul would talk about all these things. And he'd say they're gray areas. God hasn't said this. How about commit adultery? That's not a gray area. (sniffs) Black and white. But Paul spends this whole 14th chapter talking about gray areas. You see, people don't like gray areas. Tell me something that's black, something that's white. Or Paul would say, no, not at all. Look at this verse. You'll see that there's a gray area. Here we are, verse 5. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers... Every day alike. We have people that come to this church, and they're wonderful people. I don't know too many of them, but there's a few. They really don't like coming on Saturday night. Because they don't feel like they've been to church and they go on when? On Sunday. What did we just learn about those people? I shouldn't what? What's wrong with you old fuddy-duddies? Come on, get with it on Saturday night. It's a hopping place. No, I'm not supposed to what? Judge them. And they're not supposed to judge us. Why well, you young people like that Saturday night kind of stuff. It's got to be Sunday. That's when God's there. Now, they don't say that because they wouldn't come to the church. So understand, some people, even in this church, Sunday, because they went to church all their life on Sunday, Sunday's their day. But you're going to see, as Paul says in a moment, who cares? Don't judge. It's not about the day. Let's read it again. One man considers one day more sacred than another. And of course, with that will come negativity, critical spirit, judging. Another man considers every day alike. here's the principle. Each one should be fully convinced by his neighbor. Is that what it says? So it says, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special, here's the key, underline it, does so to the Lord. Whatever day out of the seven you want to pick, and I'll, I'll broaden that later, whatever day you want to pick as a day to rest, to kick back, to spend time with God, enjoy it. But remember, you're doing it not just for yourself. Remember the title of this today's teaching? A day for God and a day for me. You're doing it as unto the Lord. So don't argue about the day. Just be decided in your own mind which one, if you want to be that way. Worship on whatever day you like. Don't judge others. Paul says the worship of God is good. That's why you're supposed to be doing it. In fact, Paul's going to say in a moment, well, every day is good. And understand the principle. Now, Stuart Briscoe will say this. See, some people, when they go, well, you mean every day I can worship God? Yeah. Listen to Stuart Briscoe. This is brilliant. If we say that every day is special to the Lord, we may really end up living with no days special to the Lord. Well, you're going to see my next thing. After the resurrection, another day of worship came into view. Acts twenty verse seven, on the first day of the week. What day of the week? And what day of the week is the first day? It's Sunday. So you guys see, you're here on Saturday. On the first no, actually here on Sunday. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. First Corinthians 2, On the first day of every week. Oh, I like that one better. Some of you don't like that one. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money and keep it with his income, saying, Up and so there are no collection to be made. So, first day, first day, first day. What is that? Sunday became known as the Lord's Day. After Christ, it commemorated one thing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not right to say then today that the Sabbath was changed to the Lord's Day. No, the Sabbath always remains the Sabbath. It's Saturday. The Lord's Day is Sunday. So Pastor Mark, is it better to worship on the Lord's Day than it is on the Sabbath? You ought to be able to answer that, shouldn't you? Whatever you like. It doesn't
0: matter. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark talked more about why God set up the Sabbath day of rest in the first place. You saw how God took care of the Israelites, giving them a double portion of manna on the sixth day you found out that the principle behind that learning to trust God for your provisions applies to you and how you live your life today. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching, A Day for God and Me. You'll hear more about this rule of a rest day and how men can take it too far. Pastor Mark will talk more about how men can get fixated on a day of the week and miss the point that God was making. You'll be reminded that above all, grace is the rule that you need to apply when dealing with those who disagree with you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: in a